the heart of Wellington, Kansas, Powder and String Outfitters is your down-home, one-stop shop for all things shooting sports and outdoors. Welcome to the Powder and String Podcast. I would like to welcome everybody back to the Powder and String Outfitters podcast. We are in the uh, Powder and String studio here in downtown Wellington, Kansas. And today I have um, a special guest with me. It is the <clears throat> the one and only Kelly Carter. Um, for those of you who uh, are from the Wellington area, you uh, probably know this notorious guy. <laughs> um but uh, my my uh, history with Kelly goes back um, well my whole life um, since before I was I was born Kelly and uh, and my dad have been uh, super good friends and so uh, I uh, if for the for the listeners that don't know Kelly or that aren't from around here you better strap into your seats and uh, get ready because the story is and and the the, the character uh, Dylan's sitting over here and he's already got he's already laughing. Um, Man, you're going to have uh, the next the no the next hour or so is going to be uh, definitely well worth the price of admission, so to say. You're going to walk away with a bunch of uh, of new uh, criteria and uh, <laughs> and uh, some new sayings and some new sounds and uh, just a, a completely different uh, aspect and and look on life. I think if I if just to give you a little bit of a of a what's in store for coming up, but um. Uh, with no more, uh, n- no longer waiting, Kelly Carter, I greatly appreciate you coming on here, man. Needless to say. <laughs> uh, Kelly, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, yourself and where you came from and how you got there? And Well, originally I'm Fred Sims from Butte, Montana, <laughs> back in the 1840s before reincarnation. Uh-huh. Other than that, I'm KC, Kelly Carter from Fluteville, Wellington, Kansas, six miles north of Rome. <laughs> that doesn't sound more important, Wellington. But anyway, I'm very blessed, and we're all unique in our own way. And I was so unique of being, being with my granddad. Unbelievable. I could go anywhere he went, any place, because he, he owned his own business, Pete Gearhart, Gearhart's Buy, Sell, Trade. Just like I couldn't go to the railroad to learn the railroad with my dad. And and the kids couldn't go with me to learn boing boing, but any place my granddad went, Kelly Carter was there, and uh, he'd take a nap in the afternoon, and he left me a couple of times. So then I held on to his thumb, hmm. and then man, I'd weave my hands into his overhauls, so he wouldn't leave my Del reel. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I've been fur fishing game. Uh, coyote hunting right out of the deal. Unbelievable with trail hounds. I mean, when I was just a little kid and all the things he taught me hunting, being out all night, laying on coyote hunting at night, trail hound. Daytime, you'd go hunting from morning till dark trail out in the country. And back in the fifties, uh, you talk about tailgating. We had it on NFL. I was doing that in the fifties with my granddad and Perry Byers and the coyote hunters when we trail hound around noon, we'd stop and put uh, our groceries out on the tailgate. And that consisted of 
bologna. My granddad got bologna in a tube and, and oh, longhorn cheese with that felt stuff around it with, oh, always have butcher paper and an onion, bread, and, uh, Perry Byers would bring six and a half ounce Cokes wrapped in newspapers for some reason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he didn't have a cooler, I guess, but and he always brought full size Snickers and Butterfingers. But we put it out on a tailgate. Of course, you cut the bologna. And, the, and you're talking, right now, you're probably talking, what, in the 50s? Like, oh, yeah, 50s. And, uh, oh, yeah, no two, no, no, no CBs, no radios. I mean, but anyway, we knew where we, they'd make the arrangements where they was going to go coyote hunting that morning, that night, and be there. And then you'd hunt and follow the trail hounds and do all this. And around noon, we'd eat and cut, cut the bologna with the knife that you cut the ears of the coyotes off of. Yeah, and, you, and you did that because you got paid a, a bounty? Yeah, $2 bounty. And that quit in 1968 or 69. And then when I was a second grader, show and tell, uh, granddad, we'd go up to the courthouse and he'd have a paper sack full of coyote ears and I'd hand it up on the counter. And they'd go, oh, they'd go, ooh. And uh, <laughs> they'd say, how many's in there? And we'd say, and then they'd pay me. And then, of course, my dad. I thought he wasted time reading the paper till I got about 24. I finally started reading the paper. But anyway, he cut out the deal in the paper where Kelly Carter sold coyote ears in second grade. So I took that to school and I was showing tail with coyote ear, you know, the money. But, uh, coyote hunting's been coyote. My, my criteria has been coyote hunting, pigeons and baseball. Yeah. I, that's, that was my uniqueness and it sure wasn't. So well, you're, you, um, I know that from experience and, and a lot of my very first experience of going out into the, the, you know, into the country and going hunting was, was in your truck. Um, you know, I, I remember at a very young age going out and, and going coyote hunting and, and when we would go coyote hunting, you know, I say in your truck, it was with dogs. So you're, you're coyote hunting with, with, with greyhounds and, and, and it was started out with trail hounds with Pete. Then later on, I grew up and hooked up with the South Haven greyhounders. Yeah. The young, my age and stuff. And then, then I had trail hounds and greyhounds. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of where my, my getting into the outdoors was because you and my dad had been, you guys were friends and, and, uh, and I would also like to just tell our listeners out there, if you have the opportunity to watch this podcast on YouTube, I would highly recommend it because, uh, Kelly's a character to say the least, love him dearly. Um, but he's come with show and tell to, to, to kind of tell some of the stories and, and, uh, just it's, it'll be wor- well worth the watch for sure. So, um, but, but back to the stories is I remember as a kid going and, and, I mean, we're talking, this was in the, the early 80s. You know, probably 84. Um, I was probably six, five or six years old. So I was born in 77. So, um, you know, early to mid 80s. And I remember, you know, you were talking about CBs. I remember getting dropped off on the side of a of the road and, and, and given a little pistol. <laughs> you brought that pistol into the shop here a while back just to see if it could get worked on. What, it, yeah. Isn't that the one? Yeah. And, uh, you, there's, there's a coyote out, uh, a woolly booger. A woolly. You gotta watch out for them woolly boogers. That's as good as, that's as good as gold. Yeah. So there's a, there's a woolly booger out there in the middle of the, of the section and he, he's holed up. So you had to get him, you had to get him going. Get him rolling. 
So you you sent off my little, you know, six-year-old, seven-year-old uh, ass out in the middle of the country and took get, off. Get after him. Yeah. Did I have it, hand you a walkie-talkie? Yeah, and walkie-talkie with the, uh, the, the antenna that was about eight feet long. <laughs> and if you didn't have it all the way up, you couldn't hear very far. You know, you, the reception wasn't very good. And then, uh, and and don't break the antenna. Oh, Tori Kanumalakoko. Yeah, uh, don't that that was a that was no good if you if you broke the antenna. Um, <laughs> and your knob. Yeah, and uh, the uh, you know it's one of them old retractable antennas, you know, yeah, or well, aluminum, yeah. so it didn't take very much. No, and it was eight feet long on the Richter scale. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you know you're going through this this section and you're yeah it's up and down you're around trees and everything like that and you're trying not to get this thing broke and and then all of a sudden you know the, the coyote the coyote rigs you know there's two or three of them around the section or four of them whatever around the section and all of a sudden you know the coyote gets out and, and he breaks out of that section so then he could end up two or three miles down the road and you guys are gone and here you are as a kid Yep. Where are them characters at? They went after the woolly bugger and left me behind. We'll come back and get you after the hunt. Yeah. After the chase. It's 45 minutes later here. You know, and it, it's, it's wintertime, so it could be, you know, snowing and a blowing and, and, uh. Really? Yeah. It, I wouldn't change it for anything. It was the best. It was awesome and learned an enormous amount and the stories and the, it's outdoors just, in the country and me and Thang Yonker. Of course, the thing was along that day. Mm -hmm, yeah, carried a long shovel, and then a short scoop shovel. I mean, two two shovels that we covered. I guarantee you, me and thing talking about snow back in the seventies and eighties. Snow drifted where some were shut, and they even maintained mm -hmm. roads. But I guarantee you, me and old thing, we was in our twenties and thirties. You better watch out. I we ain't there, but back then we if we got stuck in the snow. We just we'd hit snow drift, knowing we was going to get snuck. Snow, but we was going to get as close to that woolly booger as we could. And we knew if we got a good dump, turnout, cut loose, that we could catch him. But we could also get them shovels out and shovel us snow out, get us turned around and get back out of there. And that ain't no, yeah, that ain't no criteria. That's top of the line. Yeah. Back in the day. <clears throat> yeah. Driving. Oh, my. yeah. You were putting it on them for sure. Yeah. The stories are just, uh, are endless with, with, the fun that that took place and you know one of the things too that another guy that he's no longer with us that was um a part of that was uh jeremy graves and uh you know i've always said with uh he was a character needless to say i helped him i helped him out some his <laughs> mom and dad even let me know <laughs> for sure yeah um he passed away but but you know one thing that always struck with me with him was um, here I was probably, you know, sixth grader, seventh grader, something like that. And, oh yeah, uh, Worm, that was his Worm. nickname, big tall kid. And he would be a senior, junior in high school. And after a football game, playing in a football game, then he would come out to Mayfield, you know, eight, 10 miles out and pick me up either that night, you know, late at night or early in the morning. You know, here's somebody that's in high school and, and then he's going to, he wants to get up the next morning to go coyote hunting. And then he's going to go pick up a little, you know, 12, 13 year old kid just so that way he could go out and have fun. And that, you know, it didn't hit me then, but later on when I realized 
and I got to be in high school, like I wouldn't have wanted to go pick up some kid and take him out. But he wanted to share yeah. something notorious. Yeah, notorious that not a lot of kids never had the opportunity to. Yeah. Yeah. Notorious. It's uh coyote hunting for with dogs is a completely different deal. Completely pick up walkie talkies in after it's you chase them and it's just not a short it can be a it, trail hounds it can be six to ten miles, greyhounds two or three section or or short half or whatever, but uh I gotta throw in one. I had this this is a mirror. In my twenties I had to slow down coyote hunting because I rolled three pickups in my twenties and I had to slow down. I killed a dog in two of the rolls and had Keith Yarp thing Yunker with me on one and killed a dog. And I had Bill Camel and killed a dog. I rolled three times in. I luckily I went sixty five yards past the pickup when it rolled. I bit my tongue. If I had that on my motorcycle, boots clean up to my knees, I'd probably broke my leg. But when I hit the ground, I was looking back at my pickup upside down with the wheels rolling. But that was up. But anyway, and your dad was with me on my first one I rolled in Fred Ford <laughs> on the Cicero Road. Going to I get think motor. I've heard the story. Well, I'll bet you have from your dad. Tell <laughs> it. And I was going too fast. and I needed to slow down in my 20s, but I wasn't. Went to make the Cicero Road off of 81, and I was going too fast. And Jack said, You're gonna, here we go. We're going to go. And I laid it over, got out. We crawled out the door just like me and Thang Yonker and Keith Yearout did a few years later, coyote hunting. But anyway, and we looked at it. Wow. The wheels were rolling. I said, let's get this thing pushed over so nobody knows there's an accident. Knocked it over and laid down. And all it was done with a front front tire popped off the bead. I said, I'll go to jacking this up, put the spare on. And I jacked it up, put the spare on. No, jacked it up and got it off. And along come old character from from uh, Riverdale on a motorcycle. And Jack jumped on the back with him, holding that tire on a motorcycle. I can't think of that redheaded character. But anyway, took it to the airport, aired it up, come back, put it on. And all we did was bend the, bend the uh, hubcap where it popped it off the rim. Put that back on. We was headed to Wichita for motorcycle parts. Rock <laughs> and fire. <laughs> the stories. I had, I had to slow down. That was your first one? That was the first one, and my second one was a good one. South of the old standard draw, which is north of Wellington. And I, that was where I was with my granddad when I was a little bitty kid. And there was hedgerows around the old standard draw, but caught a kite when I was a little bitty kid up there on the north road. West the drive in or plug, and I cried, Oh, don't let the dogs kill that coyote, Grandpa. And she, you know, that was when I was a little bitty character. But from a mile, from a two mile circle of of the Cicero, of Ostrander Draw, I rolled, well, I rolled the Cicero with Jack, rolled my pickup with what's his name three times. That could have killed me if I hadn't been rolled out there so far. And then north of that, Jack Hunter from J.E. from Mayfield was with me and Pete. I pulled to the Half a mile line on the section north up there and pulled up there and jumped out to hear the dogs and head off the coyote if he was coming that way. And boom! Pete was in the truck. Oh, my God, I'm shot. Me and Jack and I went around on this side, and Jack went on that other side. Jack said, no, Pete said, I'm shot. Then Jack, Jack says, look at your pipe, Pete. See, this was in that 
two mile radius of the old, old strander draw. That, that was the honey hole of honey holes. But anyway, your, your pipes broke and he'd put a, put his pipe, uh, stuff in the pipe and he put a 22 shell in there and it blew up. But, <laughs> but, uh, Art Biddle and everybody was, we had CBs in and Art Biddle said, I talked to him just the other day or on and off and I come a Pete shot and everybody went silent and pretty soon told him what was going on and said, you couldn't imagine Kelly how silent it was, was everybody worried about Pete getting shot. But all the things that happened, I can go on and on, but back to you talking to me. Oh yeah. You walk the old strander draw. You want to walk it from the north to the south or south to the north, whichever direction the wind's out of it. trail lounge. You want to walk into the wind, but I had to throw that angle in there. Yeah. So <clears throat> for, if you, one thing I've always told people that when I try to explain to them dog hunting and, and coyotes and, and Kelly Carter is a play by play announcer doesn't have anything on you guys when it's, when you've dumped the dogs and they're, they're talking about the, the coyote and the dogs and, and how they're getting ready to catch them. Cause it's a play by play. Can you give us a little bit of it? <laughs> oh, play it a, out. I wish Tommy Cochran was here when I put that one on him. Got dogs are walking on him. They're walking on him. <laughs> Get after that. Oh, and just like this year, uh, oh, what's his name? He's down in Oklahoma. Driver Kelly, driver, he's coming out the northeast corner. That was this year, dirt road, whatever. Well, I'm doing se- oh, I'm doing 75 mile an hour. I'm going to be there in short order and jerked my trip and broke the trip. So then I had to jump out and let them from the outside instead of the inside. But driver, did you catch it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then pretty soon old Kevin Lather says, says, you got a, get a white and black dog built. Walking away from them others, he's going, going to catch it and caught it before it got to the four corners. But that was over. Uh, I can't think of her name, but not. Yeah. Wound up, but she, motor. Yeah, but he knew that white and black dog was taking up the gap. So, so for our listeners out there that aren't familiar with the area, Kansas, where we're at, it's flat. I mean, right. it's real flat. And, and, uh, I, we have a lot of roads. Every, Quick, uh, Section, we're section. Yeah, we're section. Yeah, and uh, I, I think this. I've heard, I've read this before somewhere, and I think it's true that I heard Kansas of it all, out of all fifty states, Kansas has the third most road miles or miles of road of all states. I think it's like California, then Texas, and then Kansas, which is crazy because we're not that big of a geographical state, but because we have so many. Yep, so many everything's a section. So for the most part in this area, almost every mile on the mile there's a road. Yeah, and it's uh square and agriculture is what helped that. And I didn't know this till a couple hours ago. A couple hours ago. I heard that uh when the railroads went through at different places to give them the right of way or whatever, they had to uh, do the surveying to section it off in square sections. Yeah. How about that pi r squared? Yeah. I I haven't heard it, but it it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And hedgerows putting in hedgerows. Go ahead. Yeah. So so you talked about the four corners, and that's well, the that's where the section each section's uh, broke off into six or section six hundred forty acres, and then each from there there's four quarters. Right. So it's basically a square, and where those four quarters come together, which is the dead middle of the section, 
That's the four corners. Yeah, that's Andrea. That buddy Mac Tracy was out following us one time. We said the cow's headed to the four corners. So he pulled up to the intersection waiting on the cow to come to the four corners of the intersection. Yeah. But that's a good one. But the lingo that goes on through, like you say, coyote hunting and radio. But see, I can remember when there wasn't no radio and when it did come into effect, coyote hunters and farmers were the only ones that had CBs back in about 1960s when that started getting going. But the lingo and understanding four corners, just like mm-hmm. you knew, you had to kind of talk four corners. Yeah, because I I can remember the same thing that you just described when you say four corners. You're thinking the four corners of the intersection would only make sense, but the four corners of the oh, okay, all right, yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be coming right here in the road. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know another thing I want to make sure that everybody understands out there is is that the other thing is that it's not a guaranteed when you get one up. No, it's you don't catch them every time. It's a uh, the the coyote definitely. It, it's a sport. I mean it. They definitely make it interesting. And it's a community. I mean, I go by myself, been by, and then a group. And George Williams said when the two-way radio come into effect, too many people are understanding what we was doing. We had too many followers that almost kept our trailhounds from going on a good track or whatever. But, yeah. Oh, I guarantee you, I have seen, I've seen a coyote a little over two miles off, but I've seen it out at Lake in Kansas, but I've seen it from the shine, knew that the shine, of course, it's flat out there, but a mile, mile and a half to two miles, I can see a coyote if the sun's shining on him and shining, know the shine of that Del Rio. Let's go over there and find, oh, that ain't a coyote. Let's let's head over that way. And there Mosey he goes. on over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mo- yeah, let's get over there and check it out. Yeah. So you brought some show and tell, and and again, as I kind of told listeners, if they get a chance, they should probably watch this, and as opposed to um, listening to it. But this this picture you have right here, uh, can you tell us a little bit about it and how it all played out? Because we have oh, uh, this is unbelievable. This yeah. is as good as it gets. Of course, the, the there's there's this is there's photographic evidence. So this is one of them stories that if you hear it, you'd be like, that dude's oh, completely yeah. full of malarkey. They think I'm lying to him. Well, you ain't met Fred Sims. I've done things. I'm unique. I've done things that I've been bit. I know knew quite a few times with the coyote. I've skinned 68 skunks in one setting in the fur business. That's the stinkiest thing. I've got a coyote here on top of the dog box that some people would think he was lying to. And I've got proof of that. And of course, isn't that the old strand, the old strander draw? And, uh, I've also got a pocket knife deer that I taxidermed myself, and he's a he's a fifteen pointer. No, the thing Yunker was involved holding on to that woolly booger. It was hung up in the fence while I got my my. I had a primitive license. I call that uh, uh, primitive li- uh, archery. What there's a name for it? Yeah, arch, I, it's an archery tag. Okay, but anyway, to me that was Indian style. To me, that bow and arrow Indian style. Well, I had my pocket knife. I had my my archery tag, but I, I had my Indian knife. I had my Indian pocket knife with me. I guarantee I've you. I've heard this story before. I guarantee you. <laughs> thing Yunker, he, he, him and I done things that people can't believe. But anyway. That's he, a true story there, too. You guys have done stuff that. Oh, yeah. That, uh, when you're with Thang Yunker and Kelly Carter, Thang Yunker and you're with Kelly Carter, whether we're together or not together, you're going to do things that you've never thought would be possible. But anyway, he said, I'm getting tired, Kelly. 
Hold I mean, on, we got to okay. we got to back this up because we got to set the stage on this one because I it's this is a Dylan. I don't even know if you've ever heard this story, but um, so you're out coyote hunting with yep. Thane, yeah, trail hounds and greyhounds, yeah, and uh, you see a deer. There's a deer that's did you it got it got scared up in the section you were working or something or what? right it got scared up. And then things says, oh, my gosh, you ought to see the hay rack ride on this. And our trail hounds was after it. And we don't want them after it, but they was going into a squad section, which is four by four in a deal. And there was an entrance row, but and the mud was real deep. And the, my trail hounds, we were scared that he was going to kill my trail hounds, me and things, trail hounds. And we shot in on this road up about a half, not quite a half mile line. Then it was going into this big old uh creek area and we jumped out a foot to be with my hounds thinking they i mean killing them and everything and getting them in the bank and we're in the water and anyway we took off of course he he's faster than i but oh man i was 35 years old hank's knowing i'm moving home no thing he one house right behind him and then i seen that deer get hung up in that oh got hung up in that fence boy Oh my gosh, things started changing. Then I reached in my pocket. Oh, thing I I knew in my heart. I knew I knew. Thing Yunker, needless to say, he he did just tell me. He grabbed right onto it. He went like that, and I I was held my pocket knife. Hold on, hold on. And I had my pocket knife already. At, like, this deer's I, I, this deer's I, caught up in a, <laughs> in the fence. He's caught up in a chain link or not a chain link barbed wire fence. And I mean, tell you, I'm coming. I just let him know, and I guarantee you. Uh, <laughs> And I got up there and old thing says, I'm getting tired. When I thought I was cockalavaca top of the line, I mean, I threw my <laughs> arm around him and I thought I had a sharp knife and I went across there like that. My gosh, and he reared up. My feet weren't on the ground and I changed my criteria, stature from skin and stretching and so on. I knew I had to change my criteria. I, I jabbed it in there and I mean, I jerked that delt reel across there. I got his juggler vein and then all of a sudden he lost all that power. <laughs> yeah, I mean he shot, and I mean there. Wow, that's the biggest deer I've seen that or this close or whatever. But I mean, I cut that juggler and then went back to the pickup. I said, "We got that. Got him with pocket." Oh, and I showed him my hand. It was just full of blood, you know. From and then we went from there and got that Willie Booger at home. I and I got a kid out of Cabela's. That at that time they had a kid. Kid, if you got the right measurements and stuff. Of course, we're skinning, stretching, and so on, curves firm, and doing the fur business. Shoot, that was right up, needle and thread and all that stuff. All I need, I got the measurements from the eyes to the nose, and from here to here, and some other measurements that they had. Sent it in. They sent me a styrofoam kit and all the stuff to do it with, and that's the only one I taxed them. But I, I got, you can see where I cut that, <clears throat> cut his throat and everything, and taxed them myself. And, I'm sure I'm glad Cabela's had that at that time. That worked out good for me. Yeah. So Lock you put fire. your put your tag on it and oh yeah processed I, it and the rest is oh I down to 101. Yeah, the 101. The 101. There was a and he's got a 101 on his pickup. I noticed the other day, but Grandma called it the 101. The yeah. 101. The 101 was a little. Uh, gosh, I don't. Even, it was a house, I guess, at one point, but it was definitely not a house. When I first remember it, it was it, a fur shed. It was a fur shed, fur, fur house, fur shed, yeah. and it was uh, right down there <clears throat> by the railroad tracks, and uh, on the south side. Yeah, and it it uh, 
It did have it had a unique smell. Oh, thing Yell Creek. He had it didn't have a I cooked coyotes for dog food and I cut them up. I cut a coyote. I could skin a coyote like that and then bone it out right there and cut it into cubes, throw it in the Kentucky fried pressure cooker. And my granddad got in seventy one when the Kentucky fried chicken quit and went to the big big one he got open. I pressure cooker it up and mixed it in with my dog food and some some of that smell that stinkiest thing about the uh fur business you gotta deal in skunks. That sent in sixty eight skunks in one setting. So you're talking You learn what, how to skin around that stink bag. When so, you're uh when you're talking skinning skunks and trapping and stuff, what years is this? What I mean I done that from seventy one to about eighty nine through the fur boom. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I didn't What was the skunk worth back then? About three bucks. Yeah, three bucks and gas was fifty cents a gallon. You saw higher squared and I didn't I didn't leave going coyote hunting unless I had three hundred dollars on me just to buy fur while I was out coyote hunting and stuff and bringing home then when I'd come home from coyote hunting if I had a thing or a bill with me or something, unload the dogs. Boy, I'd go to I'd go to so or skinning while them coyotes were still warm because they come off the the skin. Boy, if they set the longer they set, the harder you got harder to get it off. Yeah. Operation got to operate. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, that's I just I mean you're talking and and I'm I mean we're talking. I remember as a kid, you know, doing that and and being you know somewhat a part of that and yeah, I'm seeing things on the stretchers and mm-hmm. wash scoops. Skin stretch on stretchers and paracomb and knew how to sew, had a veterinarian's needle to sew. And yeah, and a lot of kids have no idea of a, a fur shed or what goes on. Yeah, well, just recently you took some pictures and put them on uh, on Facebook of uh, the uh, hides down, is it in Honeywell or other? Oh, the deer hides. Oh, this is a good one. Okay, yeah, deer hides. And see, my granddad dealt in, in fur. And cow highs, but anyway, Glenn Johnson, he buys deers in Oklahoma and Kansas. Yeah, this is a good one. And his comment, and then you, you lay them out and you salt them. Pete had a salt hide shed where it was a pit and then had all this ice cream salt or big rock salt do the hides. Well, see, Glenn's has it down at Honeywell and puts his deer and then just stacks of them. But anyway, here, here's the line of malarkey that I've seen him, of course, we, we can talk on a different frequency and his freak, you know, <laughs> fur and all. Oh man, we've dealt all this stuff. But anyway, he said the Kansas deer are bigger than the Oklahoma deer. You see, he's getting enough deer skins that he knows when he's unloading them, putting them out or whatever. He said the Kansas deer have longer legs and bigger bodies and the Oklahoma ones are smaller bodies and shorter legs. That's the reason everybody likes to go after them Kansas deer. It was longer, bigger bodies, and bigger bone, bigger, bigger horn. And that ain't no lot. That's pi R squared. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of the minerals and the feed and the the charisma that Kansas has for them. Yeah, yeah. Everybody they call it the 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 land of Oz because of the amount. Of, I mean, we got some big deer around here. Yeah, real big. So <clears throat> as is normal. As is normal the case with Kelly, we're a little we got off track, but we're <clears throat> back to our show and tell. Dylan, can you get in on this here? That right there. So this, Kelly, tell. So this, I remember hunting in this truck. This is the first truck that I oh ever my. that I ever went hunting with you in, um, or at least I mean it has to be the first 
truck. I mean, it's an 80-something. That's one of the big body, the Chevys. Do you know what what year was that truck? I bought that brand. I, I drove that to Boeing Boeing. Boeing, 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 Boeing is Kelly worked for his whole life. He worked at Boeing aircraft, aircraft in Wichita, and, and anytime Kelly talks about Boeing, it's Boeing, Boeing. Yeah, then that sounds more. That has a lot more charisma than just Boeing. But anyway, I got on at Boeing, and I I had that pickup bought. Just telling Panhandle Credit, I was going to work at Boeing. I want a new pickup. I went by and picked that pickup brand new. Drove it to my work my first day, and those white spoke white spoke wheels. Yeah. Jack Hitter, I love him together, but he was into hot rods and I was into coyote hunting pickups. But Kelly Carter, when it comes to four wheel drives in Fluteville, Wellington, Kansas, that was Kelly Carter was top of the line. Yeah. Telephone pole, high mud and all this stuff in reverse and forwards. But I had the first, they wouldn't work craggers, but I ordered those wheels out of California and I had the first, first white spoke wheels in Fluteville, Wellington, Kansas. That was one of, that's my 4.0. With some pickup and coyote hunting that, and I didn't get no 4.0s in school. But look at them white spoke oh, wheels. Yeah, that, that was Cockalavaca and top of the line at that time. But anyway, that in that pickup, I put getting ready to put in the eight. And yeah, after eight transmissions, I wasn't going to put the ninth one in out at Lakin and burn out the transmission out at Lakin. And, and I, I bought a brand new 84 pickup to come home. Because I wasn't going to put a ninth transmission in. I was hard on that pick. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember one in time. In my we, 20s. I remember one time we were out in that truck, and you uh, you uh, you didn't roll it, but it was almost rolled. It was down in a ditch completely off to the side, and uh, we had to climb out, and Thane was with us. Oh, yeah. And, I know uh, Thane. You know him. You know, I, uh, I've heard of him before. I have, too. Yeah. Uh, and we, we we ended up having to have another, another guy. I think it was uh, – Super Dave. Oh, Super Dave. <laughs> Super Dave had to pull us out backwards, and we didn't know if it was going to come out on its side or if it was going to come out on the wheels. Pi R squared. Yeah. So. Another. Uh, my brain is so, I'm just so unique and so blessed how much time I've spent in the country. My granddad had me out there all the time and doing so many things with him that that's that's my life. and, and uh, it, it's unbelievable. That's just rock, rock and fire. Yeah. So you're out coyote hunting with this in this with this picture. Oh yeah. And you catch a you catch a coyote. Now let me let me okay. I had uh, David Stinson. I think Stinson's his last name. Had him coyote hunting. Was a little kid and he wasn't even driving. And luckily he went to the service and got into cameras. I ain't got time to take cameras until finally the cell phone. But anyway, he brought a nice camera back from being in the service. Boy wanted to go coyote hunting. Okay, let's go. I, you know, so we went and I seen a cow, two cows crossed the road north of the airport there going into the airport section. And I, shoot, he knew I had two trail hounds dumped, dumped in radar and Jenny out with him. Boy, and he took off after that coyote. So man, I took off, took off, man. I went around to the other side of the circle and Jenny and radars bringing that woolly bugger towards the, oh, strander draw. I got to throw in. And he crossed the road. He, oh, yeah, he beat me. And Jenny and Radar, yeah, they was taking him on. I, I went around to the south road, and I got a good turnout on him in the, going south into the next road, which would be odd section. Now, but he got a good turn loose and caught him. And I thought, man, he's got this camera, and he, he'll be coming out to the east road of the old <laughs> Strander Girl. But anyway, so I went out there and gathered him up, 
boy going to bring him back? Threw him up on top of the dog box and loaded the hounds and the greyhounds and I'm tootling back over there going, oh, this is top of the line. Wow, cock-a-la-baca. But anyway, and here he is standing. I get there and he, and then by he, then Stinson got to the road and the coyote's standing. What he wasn't, he wasn't completely dead when I threw him up there through the dogs. Yeah, you but, thought he was dead. When I, he, he played, I twist my hat, but I can't do that. He played possum. He wasn't completely dead, but he had to, thank you, Lord. He had to wake up so he could have a picture with Kelly Carter and Stinson with my dogs. So we played possum so he could be picture perfect. <laughs> and I pulled over there. Oh, Stinson, wow. I said, get your camera out. We took pictures. And then Lawrence Cole, oh, ain't a better man than Lawrence Cole. He comes down the road. And, of course, he knows coyote hunting from this, that, and the other. And he looks up and he says, only you, Kelly Carter. <laughs> he just... Shuck his head. And, so now, weren't weren't you out? You had other. You were hunting with some other guys, right? No, I was by myself. On that one. Yep. Okay, I guess I got the story wrong. I thought it was that you were out with somebody else and somebody from across the on the other side of the sack. So that's the story that I was told was that you were out hunting with somebody else. You'd caught the caught the coyote, threw it on top of the box, got in, started tootling down the road, and then they called you on the CB. They were a mile away and looked out and said, "Hey, I think you got a dog out on top of your box." So that was that's the story that I was told. I don't even know who told me that story. But we've got this picture in our in our restaurant bar over here. Oh yeah, rock and fire. Yeah, it's it's notorious. And it's by it's in a row with Hoot Headley. Yeah. When I grew up I watched Perry Byers and Hoot Headley. And you see that character over there, he's a character. Yeah. And he helped me be the character that I am watching him drive and growing up as a kid watching him and he, he had big old flatheads and stuff. But yeah. he was a coyote hunter and he liked to flip that bill. But anyway, yeah. You better believe it. Yeah. So so you get this picture of this coyote, and and it ended up being uh, in the Wichita Eagle newspaper, wasn't that? What do you remember that? That I don't remember. No, it was. I know it was. Oh, really? Yeah. Through the grapevine, it might have. I might have been so busy doing other things, didn't catch that one. Yeah, no, it was in the. I, I'm almost positive it was in the. I know it was in the newspaper, but I thought it was in the Wichita Eagle. Wow. Um, when they would run articles. On the, a little more notorious than what I thought. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> here's what I find funny. I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to put you on the spot, but I bet you can tell me how many coyotes did you catch that day? Just that one when I'm by myself. Thing young. If, when I'm by myself, if I can catch one. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's a tough. I mean, just just catching. By yourself. Yeah, just catching a coyote is a tough deal in and of itself, yeah. much less. And that's if you have. Because what happens is, is that you've got, you know, this coyote, he can go, you know, anywhere he wants and he's yeah. fast and he's smart. And especially if you've, if you've dumped out on him before, yeah, and he's then smart. they're really smart. Once you, you know, you, you, they get away one time, they're yeah. going to get away a lot. There, it's a lot likely, a lot more likely they're going to get away a second or a third time as well. Yeah. And so you got to really kind of corner them in order to, to yeah. change the odds. So you got to have more than one, one. It's better with more trucks, but but you ought, you, you also uh, got to know how to hunt by yourself and how to operate. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you caught one one coyote that day. Yeah, and then I was satisfied. Pictures standing up on the box. Yeah, if I, especially by myself, if I can catch one. Of course, I like to catch more, but uh, I've caught more by myself, and I've caught more by a group and big groups, and out western Kansas, more you know. Different terrain and different days. And out there, it's completely different hunting than here? Yeah, yeah. More open. Now, that is flat, and 
blow and go. Yeah, blow and go. Yeah, I was doing, I was in four-wheel low. I, I, I was out at Lake in Kansas and pulled up over a hill. Four, I think there was five just scattered. And I took, after one caught it, we loaded up and I was by myself. Just kind of go back to getting the new pickup. And uh, uh, got loaded up in that one. Oh, there was snow on the ground, 11 inches of snow. And I mean, I could see that one coyote. I seen him going west out there. He's out there rolling. I got my dogs loaded. Of course, I had to have it four-wheel low to go. We was going. I mean, tell you, I had a mile just to catch up or more. And I mean, we're, we're humming, but in four-wheel low, I could go in 11 inches of snow. And we're rolling. We're starting to get up where I can get within, where I can cut my dogs loose to be able to catch him. Ah, oh, smoke started coming up in the cab of the pickup. No, number eight transmission's burning up, boys. The pursuit changed because we want to get back to the house. We're out in the country in 11 inches of snow. Yeah, so you smell your transmission. Was <laughs> smoking high high bands? <laughs> yeah, and so you you didn't catch that one. I was more interested. You know, I didn't. And you weren't in your twenties anymore. <laughs> Well, I was in my point. 20s, but... Uh, that, that, you, were, you were in your 20s then? Yeah, late 20s. That, well, it had to be 1980, maybe hitting 30, because I bought a brand-new pickup in Lakin. And uh, Boeing, Boeing, I got... I worked for Boeing, I, and the character was a Ford credit character, was was Mert, the year behind me. His brother's name's Kelly Mert, but uh, Mike... But anyway, Mert was the finance guy. I said, this is Kelly Car. Oh, I know you, baby. I want finances to get me a Ford truck here in Lake and Ken. Oh, yeah, okay, Kelly. So I got a brand-new pickup to drive home and leave my other one, put my dog box in that regular and come home. But I, I, I didn't want to put the ninth transmission in that pickup. It's time to get another one <laughs> and come home. Yeah. So you didn't catch the dog, but you got a new not got a new truck. Well, I caught that one out of that five, and I was headed towards the second one. But when that smoke started coming up, things I was a long ways from home. Yeah. So you uh, you were telling me the other day, we were talking, and you were telling me about um, you were out at Mayfield and the missile base. Oh, that is a good one. So so you're out coyote hunting, and, and for, you know, to kind of to kind of give a, to set the scene, you know, up until the mid to what is it, late 80s. This was in the middle 70s. Okay, I'll just take off. That's a good story. I had Thang Yunker with me, of course, Pete Gearhart, and Dale Hutchison, Hutchison Construction. But he wasn't constructing yet. But we was all in my chivy, four of us in that bench seat, and we was by ourselves. Trailhounds trailed us out one going towards that missile base south and east of Mayfield. And we got to cut loose with the Greyhounds. And I think we didn't get the trailhound, but they went on, and they run it into the Missile base, and oh, I seen him, so I, oh, they got him in a culvert. So we went around there and seen him pulled down in that mess. Oh, boy, we pulled down in that missile base like we owned it. And they had it in a culvert. And uh, here I am on my hands and knees, and they're kind of putting dogs up and stuff. Hold, hold on one second. I want to tell people. So the missile base, this is oh, yeah. this is the, the Minuteman missiles that were part of the you know, our nuclear missiles for the, you know, for the United States that were all, they were scattered all over and Kansas we, and they was for sure close to Boeing aircraft, Boeing, Boeing, to protect it because of the aircraft of military and, 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 and they were operating and everything. Yeah. There's, I mean, it was an oh, active military oh, base, yeah, we was, but they're not a very big base. They're, I mean, they're just, they're not even probably five acres or 
no, maybe not, 10 acres. Maybe. Yeah, five, five acres at the most, but that but missile base goes way down there. Yeah. And it's the, I think they were the Triton missiles or something like that yep. is what they were. And they stood on their end and, and I, you know, I remember as a kid, uh, I can kind of remember as a kid, we'd ride our bikes, this very, that road you're talking about. Oh yeah. Rocket fire. Yeah. You'd ride your bike up there and you wouldn't get halfway up the road and here comes the, the air force guys and. Yeah, you and then you then you get the then you go home to talk to to J E from Mayfield as you call him, my dad and and uh, get in trouble because, um, you you know you went up to the missile base and you weren't supposed to be going to the missile base and oh that's good so you so back to you you got a oh man we we pulled in there like we owned the place (laughs) needless to say and here I were doing all this stuff and and I said man I can get him out of there get get the box ready I can crawl in here I I can Frank Buck bring him out of there alive. And about that time, about that time, a minimum of six to eight guys in their uniforms standing there and going. And they said, well, what are you, what are you doing? I said, well, we got a coyote here in this culvert and I'm going to get him out of there. And, you know, and they seen the dogs and they was kind of putting her in there and they just all stood right, you know, erect and all, you know, and, but they, they just didn't know how come, where and at and when. Boy, and I thought, well, heck, I'll put it on them. I just crawled right on in there, and here I come out of there with that woolly booger. I mean, hell on that son. And he said, you guys need to get out of here. You're trespassing. Shame on you, trespassing. Okay. When I went around there, we put it in the back of the... How'd you keep the car? I mean, was he biting on you? I mean... You got to... I twist my ass three times. You got to know how to grab them and get hold of them. Got to get hold of the back of their neck or their ears and their legs or... Got to hit both legs, but I pulled up legs out, the back legs, and backed out of the deal. And then I knew to get to the back of his head, hold it, then up, then go. Or you got to get hold of both legs and hold it where they can't move their head. Yeah, I got a picture of Brad Scott with one. We took off a guy's front porch with Trailhound running. But anyway, you got to know how to do it. And I come, oh, they didn't know whether to draw back 10 or punt, but they wanted us to know we needed to get off the notorious airport but that or but that was neat i mean they came out of that hole i guess that hole goes down there a long ways but could you imagine what they looked up there and seen us characters up there and come up there and toy come so you're we was on on earth was it just one was it just one truck yeah just one truck and and so was it clear up by the 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 culvert clear up by the base. Oh, 10 four, Roger. You're right up there on the base. We 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 wasn't we wasn't we wasn't up there by the road. We was we was down in amongst them. <laughs> yeah. So this Air Force base has got a fence all the way around it. Yeah, well, we come in the road and it was right. Yeah, but I'm just saying to set the scene for the listeners out there and telling the story. It's got a. I think at the time it was a chain link fence around the actual base, like the yeah. actual, you know, the five acres or whatever it is, but. There's obviously a road that would drive you could drive into to get to it, and they always set the the missile bases always set off the road, you know, an oh, yeah. eighth or a quarter mile into yeah. into a section. Yeah, about a quarter mile, and eighth, uh, for sure, eighth quarter. You know they, your mileage. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I learned from the best. Five uh, squared. And uh, so, yeah, I, I just can't even because as kids we would get we would even play, you know, we try and play war you know, army war or whatever. And we'd go out and like, Hey, the ultimate war was to, when the, when you try to go and you're going to go take the arm, take the, take the air force base, 
you know, we got our toy guns, you know, and we'd go and, you know, we get in trouble every time. Who would have thought that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't even imagine pulling up, uh, onto that, you know, there, it just, <laughs> Natural when you're Fred Sims from Butte, Montana, with your yeah. and thing younger. There was a coyote to get, and it was going to get got. Needless to say, here we are, rock and fire. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. I remember also a time uh, we were down by South Haven somewhere, and that's, you know, that's where Thane uh, is from. And oh, yeah. he had a Jeep that had a oh. little dog box on the back. High R square. Oh, boy. Hum, son, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh. It it had to be real close because I remember we had like four or five coyotes. They were in one section, and it was a tough section. And you, I think we were by. It was in the afternoon, so we we'd broke off. Everybody else had kind of gone home, and we'd stayed out hunting. The three of us. I was in, it was we were in one truck. And so, you guys <clears throat> said, "Well, let's go get that other dog box. Let's go get that other jeep, and I'll throw the, the dogs in the second box in his, so that way we can." have more people to cover the area and actually you know what uh, worm was with us so worm had his rig so so then we had we needed to have three trucks to cover this because i think it was a double section or something yeah and so we went and i went with thane and got in the jeep and hold on yeah and uh hold he, on he had already yeah he, jeeps are already squirrely to start with and then you put thane behind the wheel and a guy and get a coyote going you could have air under the tires yeah not could did yeah. for sure been known to yeah so thing goes we get out and we right out of the gate we went back over to that say we weren't very far from south haven we and we they were still the couch were all still in the in the section or whatever and uh right out of the gate thing dumped on one because he was able to get close with that jeep and and he caught him and you guys were on the other so we're on the cbs talking and everything and we get that coyote thrown in and loaded up and the dogs loaded up again. And then Thane pulls over. Cause he, he, you know, obviously he'd, he'd been down this road before, so to say, and he's sitting right there. And you know, whenever you're coyote hunting, as soon as you see one, you just let everybody, Hey, there's, you know, there he is right there. And, um, so Thane didn't really tell me what was going on. Of course I was probably, I mean, I was probably 12 maybe. And, uh, so Thane doesn't tell me exactly what's going on, but he knows the lay of the land. He knows the way this coyote's going to try and sneak out of the section with, you know, with the, the lay of the land and then it's going to, you know, the low spots and stuff. And so he parks over here in this little low spot as well. And he's on top of the dog box, uh, so he can get high enough so he can see the coyote and you oh, know, yeah. they're, they're doing a cat and mouse. And just about the time that, you know, he's getting ready to dump the dogs and we're not moving. We're just sitting still because the coyote's walking right into us. Yeah. Be quiet. And I go, there he is. I'm real loud. Oh, sheet lightning. Yeah. Sheet lightning. Sheet lightning is a great way to say it. Cause you want to talk about a mad dude. <laughs> Thane was fired up because I scared the coyote. Thane, we're going to get close enough. We scared him off. Yeah. yeah. Square. Yeah. Thane lit into me and I thought, what the heck am I doing? I, I didn't, you didn't give me the game plan. I didn't get, I didn't get the, I didn't get the sheet on how to coyote hunt. Yeah. How we were, yeah. That's not how we coyote hunt. Normally it's blowing and a going. And, uh, we didn't catch that one. Thane was mad. I got to bring up, uh, 
I was, me and Thang Yunker, and Miles was in the pickup, and we was coyote hunting. This is the Billy T. Reeves store that scene, that yeah. ended up being the scene section. This is, I've got so many notorious things, but this is notorious. Yeah, and this this is a, so just to set set a little bit of the scene here, there's there's a podcast out there called uh, Small Town Murders. And this, this, you're going to talk about how you helped, you and Thane helped break a, and they ultimately caught the guy that, that Billy T. Reeves, yeah. That had murdered this, this girl. It was a yeah. hor- horrible thing that happened in our community here. And, and if it wouldn't have been for you guys out doing your thing. I would hunt, yeah. Oh, we scared that guy to death. Could you imagine? I got to tell that story. Yeah. And it's Billy T. Reeves. And anyway, we, we were cow hunting snow on the ground. We was blowing and going. And it was about one thirty, and, and uh, we had a coyote going into this section, and, and we didn't want to go to section east, bow hunk. We didn't want to go on bow hunk. And uh, we went on down to the railroad tracks, and we went by. Was, well, what's that pickup doing at the Old Improvements? And then, Old Improvements is, an, is a house that's or, yeah. or an old farmstead that's no longer there. Yeah. That's just so that way people understand what Old Improvements are. Yeah. You know, there's there's farmhouses around, and sometimes it's not the house is gone and everything's gone. It's just the the foundations and stuff like that. So and that's the, what old improvements are. Right, and it, we had to explain that to the police and the half mile line and everything. Oh yeah, you're telling. So you're telling them the half. You know, that's some to pause this story for just one second. You know, I left. I, you know, born and raised here and everything, and then you know, I graduated high school, and then I left. And the year that I was leaving, that I graduated and left, that's when they started introducing nine one one. So I don't, to this day, still don't know, you know, people will say 20th Street North or, or, you know, Broadway or, or they, you know, they're talking about, you know, Hoover. And I'm like, I know where Hoover is up in Wichita, but I don't know where it is out in the country. I don't know where, where, you know, all that stuff. I know where, you know, where, you know, you know where the Jones house is. We'll go, you know, half mile back West and then head North two miles. And then there's a big Oak tree. And then just right there in the Northwest side of that, that I can do that in my mind because because of going out coyote hunting and driving around, yeah. you just learn and you, know, you talk about, you know, I know when you say the Ostrander draw, I know exactly where it's at. I can take you to it right now, you know, I, or the, the sunken cemetery or, you know, beer can tree or the water bridge. Then or, again, I, I like this one, Possum Holler. It's down by South Haven. Yeah, I know where Possum Holler is. Yeah, but anyway. So yeah. you're out coyote hunting. And, and we pull down this deal and shoot because we, we don't want it to go east. And then all of a sudden we're pulling back out of this old railroad rideways and Super Dave, he'd shot the half mile line out. But when we went by this truck at this old improvements, which actually his truck was right, come to be, was right by a well here. That's Pi R Square. But anyway, an old cistern, so, old cistern. So man, we're pulling out of here and, and I was driving. And I said, well, what's that good? I, li- I lied on the witness stand. I, 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 I called him. I said, I didn't say, what's that goon doing out here? I kind of changed my deal when I was on the witness stand. How would you like me being on the witness And goon come driving by. That's what I said. What's that goon doing out here? But anyway, he went by and we pulled and we, man, we passed him because the guy was going towards the highway. And I said, you know, and I said, what's that goon boy? We knew it was Billy T. Reeves. And then we shot around him. We went down. I got to tell this on the witness stand. Coyote hunting and pointing out on the map where it was at south of uh, and east of Caldwell and, and where we went down and caught the coyote. And of course we all was there getting it off back and safely to the road because it was on the highway and it took about 20 minutes or more. And then I got to tell that we came back east 
And then, what? What's that goon doing coming back here and turning back up that road? Uh, that Corbin blacktop down by Caldwell, East Caldwell. What's he doing? And he's going back up there. And, of course, we gathered up and just went on. And uh, But I wondered what he was doing coming back. But anyway, so we coyote hunted that day. And that was a Sunday. And Saturday night was when the when the Tate girl had come up missing and they knew Billy T. Reese had something to do with it. And here they are looking for her. And that Thursday of that week, <clears throat> things seen Coach Hughes. And Coach Hughes didn't know anything, just telling them, oh, man, I wonder where something about Tate girl not knowing anything. And then he brought up, and then he said, and they know Billy T. Reeves had something to do with it. Boy, and then that's when things says, he hit old Hughes on the shoulder. So, I mean, let me tell you some trivia. Then he told the story of us seeing him at that cistern. We called it the scene section after that. <clears throat> Boy, and I mean, you got to call the police, police, and tell them, blah, 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 blah. Boy, then things was operating that night. And so they knew that he hadn't. But that morning, Friday morning, they was they was on that old cistern or in that area, and they could see it been moved. And uh, they, uh, Hutchison's brother, Chuck Hutchison, he was there. He told me, so, and he was fishing down in there to see if any. And then he hooked, hooked her in her armpit and lifted up. He said, I just let go of it because he had cut her head off, and the head wasn't there. He just left it back in the water, and they went and got to Caldwell Fire Department, sumped the water out, and, and she was in that cistern. That's horrible. Where he'd cut her head off and stuff. And then, boy, just just like that, they had a search warrant out for Billy T. Reeves because they knew he had something. They just couldn't. But boy, that we put him at the scene of the scene section, and then things started going from there and ended up being on, on the witness stand telling the story. It's crazy. And then just they had a big old deal on front page of the paper, coyote hunters, coyote hunters, twist your hat, blah, blah, blah. It had been for us, you know, seeing him and everything, so. Yeah, so you guys just happened to be out coyote hunting. I mean, oh, just happened to be out the, coyote hunting. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, but, but the, the good Lord put you there for you a reason. Betcha, you bet you. I mean, that poor girl was, you know, taken away too soon. And if it wouldn't have been, I mean, there's a dang good likelihood of it, it wouldn't have been for for you guys seeing him out there. It, yeah, we was out and about. Yeah, just happened to see him. So, what's this picture here you got? Oh, that's oh, that's uh. Dustin and I and trail hounds and greyhounds. Yeah, I remember that truck. Oh, yeah. That had quad trucks, quad shocks in the front and extra springs on it and everything. But anyway, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, so go ahead. for those of us around here, we if you see Kelly Carter, um, it's like a sound box of noises when you see him a lot of times. And what I think is really cool, um, I don't know why I was so – uh, naive to think, but when I was, when I had moved back home, um, oh, let's see, I moved back in 2011, I think. So when I moved back home, I had grown up with you and all the noises and sounds and, you know, da da, da da, da da, or, uh, or the, the, Poof. yeah. So I had heard those sounds, but I remember vividly. Uh, you were, you were, I, you, I hadn't seen you uh, yeah. at, in this story. I hadn't seen you. And all of a sudden I heard somebody do that sound. And so I looked around for you 
and I didn't, and there was nobody around. So then I heard the sound again and I saw some, a guy, another guy doing it. And then here comes Kelly down the street. Oh boy. Rock and fire. So, uh, I've never asked you, but where, where do the, where do the sounds come from? Where does the, the, how did you come up with those? Is it just, just something you've done or? Well, when I was a little kid, when we'd be coyote hunting at night, my granddad and Perry Byers, I'm a little bit of kid, <laughs> to get the coyotes to bark and shoot and mutual of Omaha, wild kingdom, <laughs> and all these sounds and everything and character. You gotta have pizzazz. I, you know, making sounds and. And I got a lot more. That, that's a real, that's a really good mouth. You know, that's a bare mouth call for a, needless, for a predator. Yeah. Needless to say, I've been known to use it. Yeah. So what about the, uh, the data and. Well, Pete done that too. See, I, I had an honorary granddad and that helped me out a lot. Yeah. He, I picked up da-da-da from him too. Yeah. And it's become in this town, it's become because you've also coached baseball for years. And I know that, uh, it's something that's near and dear to your heart is coaching baseball and you greatly enjoy it. And, and, uh, we've even had you, you know, on the, the door, our, uh, our grill and bar over here. You're our uh, coach for our men's fast pitch team that we do every summer. And, uh, and, uh, so you've got all these kids and you coach my son. Nick. Oh yeah. And uh, Smiley. Smiley. Everybody calls him Smiley. Um but uh for probably what, fifteen or twenty or well, plus the last, years? I've coached the last fourteen years and I coached seven years before that. And it probably would have cost coached some more. Oh, Mill Street Diamond. I live down there. That's just a block from my house. I sure Rock. miss that place. Oh, you better I I lived there. That was my diamond. But when anyway, you were a kid? Is that what well, you no, no, when I, no, uh, Rock Island, Rock Island Diamond was my, when I was a little kid, and then, of course, Babe Ruth, but, uh, the big field. But when I lived at, uh, 718 South Douglas, that put me right in Dustin and Miles and coaching ball was nine to 12 year olds down there, and I was right mm-hmm. there. But I coached seven years, but I, I didn't coach a few years in there because I wanted Miles to be, with a different coach or whatever, but mm-hmm. so if I add it up, I've been 21 years coaching 14. Left. I guarantee you I got some characters out there. Yeah. So I'll hear. So now we'll be in the, you know, we'll be in the restaurant bar or whatever. And, and I'll hear it, you know, now it's guys that are, you know, in their twenties in their twenties and they'll, they'll make a sound. And I know where that sound came from. It's like, that's a Kelly Carter sound. And, uh, so like the, what about the really loud poop? Well, shoot, they got a, they got, they got a cleaner made after it now. Poof. <laughs> they, got, they got a cleaner now. On, you, on. You're wanting royalties? Yeah. Come on, guys. Give me some royalty for that. Poof. Cause that is that, I mean, it, oh, that rocks it. That, that take, that, that wakes them up. Yeah. It's just a real deep. Oh, deep, deeps. Yeah. And you'll be driving down the street and. I'll have yeah, a couple, windows down. And they'll be doing it back at me. Yeah. I mean, it's got, got to have a little rock and fire home, son, baby, wherever you're at. <laughs> got to wake them up a little bit. Get Oh, yeah, pizzazz. I got it. And he's a principal of middle school. 
he umpired Babe Ruth and stuff, and I love him to death. Uh, I can't think of his name, but when he sees me, he goes, hubba, hubba. Uh, Bob Meyer? You better believe it. I mean, good umpire and had a good time, and, mm-hmm. and he caught on to my hubba, hubba, was, get some pizzazz in your Dale Ruth. Hubba, hubba, let's get after it, you know. You gotta, got to get something little ornery in them boys to get in amongst them. Yeah. So the, uh, the sounds are just, it's, he's like a, he's like a, like a, a human beatbox whenever he gets out there and starts to go in. And when you get excited, uh, you, you got a whole nother, uh, you got a whole nother language. Yeah. And you know, and just like trail hounds with your greyhounds, <laughs> oh my, <laughs> you ought to see it when I'm traveling or something and I go, or just like sitting still and the coyotes coming out or something. I go, <laughs> you ought to hear my dogs hit the side of that door. They know, or they wake up the noises and with my trail hounds and greyhounds, my communications with them is unbelievable to what you trail. Oh yeah. Them, them trail hounds and greyhounds get to know you and yeah, they get to know you. And then so does, so does, so does them ball players and that other team. I go to some places and stuff and the other team will be going, poof. Some of them characters. So you got you got guys from the other team that have oh, heard yeah, you that have played you before. Yeah, or been around. Oh yeah, even down at Babe Ruth or, or other places. And then I go started doing high school ball. That's been down to other places. Now, yeah, to I, say he's a character would be an understatement. Oh yeah, it pick, it catches on if you're a character, <laughs> unique in your own way. Yeah, he uh, he it's it's uh, it's funny. It's blessed. But my granddad was was my your hero. You better believe it. I I lived with that character. Yeah. So uh, and, and he was just as honorary as I on. That's where I caught it all. I could only imagine. Uh, and and it's the same thing with regards to your uh, description of well, when we started off the podcast, you said you're from Wellington, just six miles north of Rome. Doesn't that sound more important than Fluteville? Or oh, Fluteville. That's a good one. But doesn't six miles north of Rome sound more important than Wellington? Or unless you want to go Wellington, the wheat capital of the world. Oh, but I got I got what about Wooly Booger. See that W there, Wooly Booger? I got to tell that story real quick. Jack Edder hooked up. We was out at Lakin, and he hooked a guy from Cessna that was from Anthony to hunt with me and me and Thang out at, out at Lakin. And he had a 454 and the frame was bent. Coyote hunting with him, and here's what he said. He says, I'll meet you south of Gunsmoke, Gunsmoke, Dodge City, Gunsmoke. I'm fastest. But anyway, he said, I'll meet you south of Gunsmoke at daybreak, and we'll get after them woolly boogers. Been getting after them woolly boogers ever since, but when he said woolly booger, that, that was back in the 70s. We'll get after them woolly boogers. So he's, that's where woolly boogers come from? That's where, that's when he, that went over. Charlie Garlow threw Jack Edder getting him to hunt with us. And he said, we'll, we'll get at daybreak south of Gunsmoke. We'll get after them woolly boogers. Rock and fire. Uh, I had to throw that woolly booger on there. One of them that I still use to this day when we're going to go play men's fast pitch is we're going to be down there around that Corbin, Perth, and Caldwell area. Oh, yeah. Area. That area. <laughs> get out amongst them. Get amongst them. You're uh your way of of describing stuff is is uh, definitely unique. But I guarantee you, I got I got one good one. Yeah, oh yeah, because I can't put it on paper. That I wasn't no good in school because I couldn't 
took me an hour to put it on paper. I could talk in a heartbeat. But anyway, I got just one more I got to bring up. Another notorious one is when I had Jackie and Brenda in the 70s there. Jackie was swagger, was still in high school, and Brenda was out of high school, and I was dating her, and her and Jackie were real good friends, and had Pete, and we was coyote hunting, and I had Rusty, a trail hound. I mean, tell you, I put them girls, hey, I put them girls through sections, and they loved it. I mean, I had, and they, I mean, here, oh, take Rusty, and they'd have a walkie-talkie and go through a section in a heartbeat, and then when I met up with the South Haven guys through a dance, and we was going to kind of meet them or kind of talk, and I met them down by Walter's Grove. And here are these old, you know, young guys and all this stuff. And here I am with Pete. And I got Jackie and Brenda in the truck. Blackhead and a blondehead boy. Here we are. And I says, well, I'll go put Jackie and Brenda through Walter's Grove. And their old eyes got about that big. Kelly Carr's going to be sending two gals through Walter's Grove. And it's a big old tree thicket and all this stuff with, oh, shoot, man, them girls. Them girls would just bail out of that truck. And Rusty knew it. I mean, Rusty was a trail hound. He was a, oh, I'm, I'm some wound up, but he, he was a July dog. They're either good or they ain't worth a dadgum. But he was a good one. I mean, he jumped out and he'd come out on top of him. I mean, he, he could find one, get on it, and he'd stay with it. And Jackie and Brenda seen, I seen Jackie here this, not this summer, but summer ago. And she said that was the most memorable time of her life when we was, she was coyote hunting with me and Pete and walking them sections with a walkie-talkie with them South Haven characters. Oh, that that was a diamond. That yeah. was a diamond. That was a pretty notorious diamond. Do you have a do you have a, a a dog or a couple of dogs that just ones that pop into your head that you remember that are that were just you know the, the dog that's the, that was a good dog or the one that was in you? Oh yeah. I got so much wrote down an hour and a half ain't enough time. But anyway. Granddad went down to Guthrie, Oklahoma. That's where I knew how to do cherry bombs. He made at nine years old. But anyway, that was Oklahoma. But anyway, he brought back a dog named Bully. And he was a big old red and white saddleback dog. And he had numbers painted on him because he was in the trial. That way they keep track of him. So he, but anyway, Bully, I mean to guarantee you, everybody that we coyote hunted with, or especially Hood Headland, that group, George and, and uh, Art Biddle, and anyway, they knew who Bully was when that dog opened up. You knew he was, that was Bully. You, you know, different sounds of dogs. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my Hall of Fame, if I was to have my Hall of Fame, be Butcher, Coco. I remember Coco. Yeah, oh my. Thing would break his neck to see me turn out Coco. That dog, when he caught one, it was, it wasn't, he just, he, he was, he was, he was definitely a Hall of Famer. And I got some others, but oh yeah, and Baldy. And then the one year, Baldy. Yeah, it was a trail hound, but uh, Baldy Sailor. Uh, we had a group of dogs done real good trail hound. Caught oh them dogs were, and then that next summer, summering them. Oh my, one got roost, got killed at the turnpike. One died in the pen, and then that fall had one got a heat exhaustion and. Sometimes you can get you a good pack, and then all of a sudden, things can happen. Mm -hmm. Out hunting with dogs, things can happen. If you had to guess how many dogs you've had over the years, how many do you think it is? I've had dogs all my life. Yeah, I got... How many do you think you've had? If you had to guess, how many dogs total have you owned? 
You'd be right. Yeah, well, you'd, you'd have times by, say, 70 or something on 10. Oh, yeah, probably for sure 700. Yeah. Yeah, 700. And I feel like I've been in on 3,500 to 5,000 coyotes. And that's within a group and mm-hmm. by myself, you know, maybe. But I guarantee you, I've, ain't no doubt in my mind within groups because, you know, I've been in on 35 to 5,000 coyotes within the group of my age, all the way from Pete with no radio to CB to on up to me and Thang. Oh, me and Thang hunting was unbelievable by ourselves with a walkie-talking trailhound. Mm-hmm. We'd walk minimum about, about three sections apiece when we was by ourselves, your turn, my turn, your turn, and we'd catch coyotes. And, and uh, unbelievable how many, and then the bigger groups and out west. And, yeah, that's what? just and. I got just one more, and I have trapped six thousand pigeons in one year. Um, pigeons, I'd throw that in there. Yeah, in one year, that's cockalabaka. Yeah, the, the, didn't the city hire you? No, they did. Oh, Tony Coco. They hired this character from Wichita and gave paid. Boy, they paid him one hundred twenty-five dollars a deal, and I'd already trapped pigeons before. Me and him met up on the roof, or here sporting goods. When I had permission, he had in. in I said, by golly, you've been paid this, but that year we trapped about me and I got Jeff helping me. We trapped about 21 when uh, Antlers Hotel, when they tore it down, all the pigeons. Mm-hmm. And that guy had to trap that many or more because I twist my hat. He had the better building. He got paid $125 a building. Oh, boy. But we got, but I, I got in amongst pigeons and in a 13 year span. I'd like to say 20,000, but. I'm I'm at eighteen thousand that I trapped. Of course, that that one year six thousand. That was cocklebuck. That's top of the line. And you you had rollers and oh yeah, and, oh yeah. That's another notorious thing. And ro and pigeons. That's my other unique thing. Nineteen ninety three, I qualified for the World Cup fly. I come in second out of seven states. Kelly was a state director to get the take care of him that year, and and then I was state director in pigeons. But anyway. I come in second of seven states, and that qualified me for the World Cup fly with my roller pigeons that you had to have a team of them. And they rolled backwards and then come out of it in depth and frequency. But anyway, out of 44 kits out of United States, England, Holland, and Canada, I come in 11th out of 44 kits. Here's my line of malarkey. If I'd been 10, my name would keep coming up, but then they keep the names of the 10 when it gets to 11. Uh, Kelly Carter's 11. They ain't got his name up there, but by God, I come in 11th. Mm-hmm. Out of the World Cup, that ain't bad for Fred Sims from Butte, Montana, here in Fluteville, Wellington, Kansas. Yeah. I know, I know my pigeons. <laughs> but you don't have pigeons anymore? No. Just too Cooper, much. Cooper Hawks done me in. Yeah. Yeah. Cooper Hawks, when I was into pigeon, roller pigeons, there wasn't so many of them, but I, they was just there in the mid. 20, 27, 28, 29, right in there. They was just sacking them up. I mean, see, they can hit 200 miles. Cooper Hawk can hit 200 mile an hour on a dive and just see a, grab my pigeons like that. And that's a federal fence when you try to keep them from getting your pigeons. Um, and you're saying 28, 29, 2008, 2009? Yeah, I got rid of my pigeons because. The Cooper Hawks, and is that when you'd let the pigeons out to do their thing and the hawks would get them when yeah when they're out yeah and just nothing you can do about it obviously you mean yeah so 
when you they're not getting them while they're while you have them at, in the pen and everything. Like no, that there. but boy, when you're flying them, but you got to fly them, and you got to get you like you get a team of baseball players. You got to get a team fly your pigeons enough to get you the right twenty combination that are the good roller and the best rollers to be in competition, and it, it was just taking the fun out of it. So mm-hmm. I got out of it. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, Kelly, you coming on here. It's been an adventure. Um, in, this ain't an hour and a half, ain't enough. I've got, I've got, but, but, but I do like that possum holler. Ain't, now, that is a, in all the different sections, but possum holler, the scene section, silo section, and you, oh, stranded roll. You, but the name of sections and the, and the lingo, that you said earlier of what us coyote hunters draw going this direction, going that it's, direction. Yeah, it, you can't even describe it. I mean, the best it's it's literally like a play by play announcer or even like a horse, like an announcer that's announcing a horse race. Yeah. Um, because when when you know when the dogs get let out, the whoever let the dogs out, uh, not the song, but <laughs> not the song who let the dogs out, but but once you've let your dogs out, then the other guy, especially when you're out hunting with the other, you know, with other rigs, then they, they, they want a front seat. Yeah. And you're you know, trying to tell them what And you're giving them on. play by play. So you're telling them that, you know, Coco's walking on them or, yeah. you know, and she, oh, she just rolled them. And then, oh, but then the coyote oh. got back up and they're back to running oh, again. And turning. turning. Oh, this could be a female. Oh, twisting, turn. Oh, they, oh, oh, guys, they may be wearing them out. I mean, that twisting and turning. Oh, they ain't going to get him. He's going out west. So they may be going over there on the west side to head him off. Yeah, and and that's done on fast forward times ten, and uh, with with yeah, five R squared. Yeah, it's done at, at like I said, fast forward times ten at a high uh, with a with a high energy level. Yeah, just like I told Kevin Lamb, I'm doing seventy five mile an hour to get to that northeast corner, and I'm rolling. And seventy five mile an hour is on a uh, to say that it's an improved road would be. I don't even know that one, but I've been down them before where you wouldn't do 10 mile an hour down this road and you're doing, if you go 75 down it, it then smooths out. it smooths, <laughs> it smooths out. <laughs> That's what I was just getting ready to and say. Then, and then all of a sudden you got to shut her down. I've also shut it down and shut it down and had so much dust that I drove through the dust to get up so the dogs could see, see the coyote. And I've also turned out in the dust and got upset like you, you saying, Oh, there's a coyote right there and scaring him. Or turn it out in that dust and my dogs don't know. Which uh, way you come here from second. Oh, and then you get upset because you missed out on that turnout because you turned out in all that dust. Yeah. Shabba husk of the husk of the hubba hubba. The angle on the dangle. He heated meat. <laughs> Torque of the door. Oh, my. You got to watch out. Could get better. Could get worse. I see said the blind man picked up the hammer and began to saw. Said to his deaf daughter as he stuck his wooden arm out the window to see if it was raining. Complications, but... Very blessed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have blessed me beyond means, but we're all unique in our own way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for beating your heart. I, I've held on his overhauls and his thumb, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on here. We're going to wrap this thing up. Oh, but Who would have thought that? Yeah. God, he's got to go to church camp. Yeah. We got got places to go, people to see, things to do. Rock and fire, woolly. You got to watch out for them woolly buggers and hum something, baby. But here, here's a good one. Expand your lungs and you go poof. 
with that right there, we're going to sign off. Yeah, we'll sign off. <laughs> <laughs>